0: Attention fans, this is the the Devil's State State of Mind Mind Podcast, Podcast. brought to you by the Hockey hockey Podcast podcast Network. Now here's here's your host, host, Neil Neil Villapiano. Jack Hughes continues to amaze me, game in and game out. What is going on, Devils fans? It is, as always, your host, your best friend, your confidant, Neil Villapiano, and welcome back to another exciting edition of the Devils State of Mind podcast right here on the Hockey Podcast Network as well, the Sportswire Radio, the best place to get everything you need to know about your new Jersey Devils. As always, guys, I hope you're having a fantastic day wherever you're listening to this podcast episode. Thank you guys, as always, for taking time out of your day to check these episodes out. You already know that I greatly, greatly appreciate every single time I look and see how many people are listening to these episodes. So I thank you guys, as always, from the bottom of my heart. This podcast episode and everything we do here at the Hockey Podcast Network are sponsored by our wonderful friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. With so many big-time sports events happening right now, you have college football bowl season beginning. We are now into the final eight of the World Cup. You got hockey, obviously. The NBA is rolling. and so much more. With all that going on, DraftKings is giving you guys unbelievable opportunities to cash in on huge, huge money prizes. So if this is up your alley, I got a deal for you. You go to DraftKings right now. You sign up, you use our promo code THPN, and don't forget to tell them that your boy Neil Billapiano sent you. Once again, a big thank you and shout out to our sponsors at DraftKings Sportsbook for sponsoring the Hockey Podcast Network as well as the Devils State of Mind Podcast. So the Devils kind of having a little bit more of a quiet week. We mentioned it in the last episode, only two games this week, and the Devils just wrapped up one of those two games Tuesday night at home against Patrick Kane and the Chicago Blackhawks. So we're going to recap that game. The Devils... As they've been doing a lot this year, made some history in the process of that game against the Blackhawks. We're going to give you a pretty big prospect update. and involves a handful of players who are represented by the New Jersey Devils that are looking like they're going to be participating in this year's World Junior Championships. And finally, we will have, as always a Utica Comets, Adirondack Thunder, and Metropolitan Riveters update. So we got an action-packed episode for you. So, as always, guys, we have a bunch to get to here on the Devil's State of Mind podcast. So let's not waste any more time and get rolling. So we'll get this episode rolling with our first topic. We're going to be recapping the Devil's game against the Blackhawks. On Tuesday night, Devils looking for back-to-back wins since the overtime loss to Nashville, and really the big message going into this game, and it started with practice as well as the morning skate prior to the game, and it was um, it was harped on a lot by Nico Heischer, was that this team has to get off to a better start. As we know, the Devils continuously have struggled to really get themselves going through the first 20 minutes. And particularly the last two games prior to the game against the Hawks, this was very evident. And I said in the last episode, we really, really have played like dog, dog crap in the last two games when it comes to the first period. And the Devils were coming off one of their worst performances of the season. And despite it, they still found a way to get the victory, which again shows you the difference between this team And years past, but again, the main focus for this team is to try to play a full 60-minute hockey game and ultimately get a win. Once again, the Devils with a chance to move to first overall in the standings, with the Bruins not playing on Tuesday night, and the Devils looking to try to get to win number 21 on the season, and they are facing a very struggling. And certainly team in rebuilding the Chicago Blackhawks. No Jonathan Tays in the lineup due to an illness. And I went, I was actually at this game. Uh, I'm also going to be at the game on Friday against the Islanders. And then I'll be at the next home game next Tuesday, Against the Dallas Stars. So I hope to see a lot of you guys there for those games. But I was at the game with a good friend of mine and we were walking into the Prudential Center and he said to me, you know, it's crazy to think about how far the Blackhawks have fallen. And it wasn't that long ago that they had won three cups in five years. And he was absolutely right. Now, granted, for the Blackhawks, it wasn't this like immediate decline. It was something that we saw over time that guys were getting older, injuries were piling up, and eventually, guys had to be moved, retired, whatever you want to um, whatever you want to look at. But the reality is, is that the Blackhawks are now in a position where they are going to have to really take on the rebuild, and um, I know that. One reporter for the Blackhawks did mention that he saw the Devils as a really good blueprint for the Blackhawks, how to rebuild the franchise. And I think that's kind of flattering that Other teams from other, you know, other reporters from other teams are looking at us and looking at what we've been able to create and say, this is how we got to do it, because clearly it's showing that it's working. And yes, the Devils still have a lot left that they have to accomplish, you know, not just in the now, but certainly moving forward. But it's nice to hear something like that. And the last two main guys left for this Blackhawks team from those Stanley Cup years are Jonathan Taze and... Patrick Kane, who has definitely been in talks about, you know, being on the move at the deadline and uh, we will see how things progress over the next couple of months. as we get closer and closer to that deadline, but this was certainly a game the devils needed to win. Um, I mean, that's what you say about every game, but this was one again against a much inferior Blackhawks team. You would expect that the team would come out and find a way to win. Now, Going into the game, or as the game started, despite giving up two odd man rushes, the Devils definitely played a much better first period. I think Lindy Ruff's, you know, harping of the fact that he wanted to get the team going, same thing with Nico Heischer, I think it definitely played a positive effect on the team, and... They certainly came out better. It wasn't perfect. It wasn't exactly what we all wanted, but it was much better than what we saw in the last couple of games. And we ob- and we did have one goal in that first period, and it was courtesy of the Devils as it started with Jack Hughes coming into the offensive zone. And if you take a freeze frame as he comes into the zone, he is surrounded by four Blackhawks players. And if you show this picture and you say this, where Jackie is right now is going to end up resulting in a goal. You, most of you will say how in, God's green earth, is this going to happen? Well, it started with Jack Hughes wisely firing the puck at the goaltender. He had to make a save, went into the corner. Jack Hughes was able to get it, and he kind of twisted around one defender, got some space, and Dougie Hamilton, who's coming, who's streaking, coming off the bench, is wide open on the right side. Jack Hughes gives him an absolutely gorgeous cross-ice pass, and Dougie Hamilton, without hesitation, one-times it into the net, Beating the goaltender Soderblom and in, and the Devils grab the one nothing lead. Dougie Hamilton getting goal number seven on the season, and Jack Hughes with an absolutely ridiculous pass. And the fact that he was able to get through those four defenders and still make a play that resulted in a goal just shows you the hockey IQ that Jack Hughes has day in and day out. Now, although the Devils were outshot thirteen to ten, the Devils had the one nothing lead, and that in my opinion, is the worst thing that can happen to the Devils' opponents because everybody knows that the Devils have been struggling with the first periods. There's no question about it. That is really what we've seen um, throughout the year. And if you are going into the second period either tied or or down a goal you're setting yourself up to get in pretty big trouble because the devils are without a without question the best second period team in the NHL they come out guns blazing and that's exactly once again What happened in the second period? Nico Kisher, who got the puck on a nice feed from Sigurdahl, he one-timed it as he was skating backwards towards the Devils' bench and threw a little bit of a screen. He was able to get it past Soderblom and in to get his 11th of the year. The Devils double the lead to two to nothing, five and a half minutes in to the second period. So. Right away, you could see the Devils just picked it up. They just said, all right, look, we had a solid first period. We got the lead. Now it's time to go out there and let's push the envelope even further. That's exactly what they did. But Jack Hughes once again stole the spotlight as he had another unreal pass. This time on the power play, he got the puck back from Dougie Hamilton coming up the left side. It looked like maybe he was going to shoot it. He makes a pass to Jesper Bratt, who without hesitation one times it past Soderblom. He scores his tenth of the year, and the Devils triple the lead to make it. Three to nothing, and I love seeing Jesper Bratt with that smirk smile that he had after that great feed. He knew that pass was ridiculous. Jack Hughes, obviously, he didn't have, end up scoring a goal in this one, but he made some unreal hockey IQ A plus plays that uh, a lot of people are going to be talking about for a while. I mean, we're talking about it right now, aren't we? So it was just a great goal. It was a great pass and a great finish by Jesper Bratt. And Bratt's goals, I just mentioned, was his 10th of the year. And because of that, he becomes already the third different devil to reach double-digit goals, as Nico Heischer was first, followed by Jack Hughes uh, very quickly, and now Jesper Bratt gets there. So they are the first three, but they are not going to be the last. And for the fact, again, that we have three guys already at double digits in goals, and we still haven't reached 30 games played this year, it's just unbelievable. So another great job by this Devils team, adding on another power play goal. I think it's absolutely massive. So good on the Devils special teams to continue to put on the pressure and obviously you know make it count. And so after two periods. It's 3 nothing. So at this point in the game, you're looking at and you're saying, let's try to get another goal or two, really, really put uh, the nail in the coffin here. Let's not let this game get interesting. And the Devils' defense, in particular, and even more particular, VTech Vanichek were tremendous in the third. They did not really allow the Blackhawks to get a whole lot going. To be quite honest with you I f- I felt like the Blackhawks didn't really show up in this game there wasn't a lot of A plus opportunities for them although Patrick Kane did have six shots on goal um by himself but nonetheless really not a whole lot the Blackhawks could uh could really generate in this one and because of the fact that uh the Devils defense and the Tikkanen were so strong They were able to secure the second shutout of the year for VTech Vanacek as the Devils come away with a decisive 3-0 victory over the Chicago Blackhawks. I do want to tip my cap to uh, the Hawks goaltender, Soderblom, who, you know, obviously gave up three goals, but he made a lot of really good saves that could have easily been Uh, that could have easily resulted in goals that would have made this game a lot more of a blowout. And so, yeah, he did give up three goals, but I thought he was actually pretty strong in net for just his second start of the season. So hats off to him, because he made some really, really good saves right in the slot um, numerous times. But as I mentioned before, Vitek Vanacek stopping all 24 shots that he faced earned his second shutout of the year and also earned win number 12 so v continuing to give us that strong goaltending play that we need and i think it was great that the devils shook off these la- the previous two games against nashville and then the flyers to have a much better game in this one and get the win and now you look at it the devils have gotten five of a possible six points in the month of December, going 2 and one, so they're off to another really good start in the beginning of a month, and now it's about continuing to build upon that. Dougie Hamilton actually earned his first three point night; he had a goal and two assists, so he was vol- involved in all three goals. It was his first three point night since December seventeenth of twenty nineteen as a member of the Hurricanes. So this was the first three point night for Dougie Hamilton as a New Jersey Devil, which is awesome. Mike Morial of NHL.com did drop in this one stat, which I thought was interesting. He said the Devils have allowed one or fewer goals nine times this season, which is more than all of last year. Which again, shows you how much better the defense has got and certainly how much better the goaltending has been. Jesper Brad said after the game... He says, "Look, he, you know, Vitek gives us a lot of confidence. We feel like we could go out there and play any type of way we can because we know that vtech's going to be back there and make some saves. VTech gave a lot of credit to the defense in front of him, saying um, they made his job that much easier. They were clogging up a lot of lanes, not allowing uh, the Blackhawks to generate much of anything. And the Devils had one of their." I guess you could say easier victories of the season where there wasn't a whole lot really going on in this one. There wasn't a whole lot of drama. The one thing that I thought was um, kind of funny was the penalty that Brendan Smith got in the second period where the ref blows the whistle for offside. Smith is still in motion to make a play. And he ends up, you know, he ends up, you know, knocking down pretty hard, a Blackhawks player, basically almost like an RKO type move. And the ref without hesitation, throwing his arm up in the air, you know, I thought he ejected Brendan Smith, but he gave him a two-minute penalty for roughing. I thought it was kind of a ridiculous call because Brendan Smith could not stop himself on a dime. He was kind of in motion already, and the ref blew the whistle for offsides. So, yeah, another one of those situations where it wasn't ideal, but as you can see from the fact that we won 3-0, it really didn't affect much of anything. But I thought that was kind of a funny um, moment, which was actually kind of a nice hit by Brendan Smith, who uh, definitely is not afraid to take a lot of penalties, as we've seen so far in the early goings. Uh, the Devils also moved to 18-0-1 when Nico Heischer registers a point. So we continue to have a ton of success when our captain gets at least a point. The Devils now move their record to an still unbelievable 21-4-1 and on the season. They are also 18-1-1 in the last 20 games. And I still cannot believe that this is the team that I cover. I still sit here, when I'm writing my script, and even when I'm talking to you guys as I am right now, I'm still so freaking blown away that this team is doing the type of damage that they've done. And I've said to myself before, you know, in years past, I say, I wonder what it's going to be like when this team is good. And we certainly expected some type of good play that we've seen in some of these games from this team. But again, nobody, nobody, not even us as Devils fans, could predict how good this you know, this team being this good, even still, now that we're into the month of December, it's unbelievable. Now, as I mentioned much earlier in the episode, the Devils did make some history with the W over the Blackhawks. First, they were one of the six teams in NHL history to achieve 21 wins in their first 26 contests. So that's a big milestone indeed. They also have tied for the third most wins through 26 games of a season in NHL history with 21. Uh, First place is a tie between the 1929-1930 Bruins and the 08-09 San Jose Sharks, who are both tied with 22. So... Devils just continuing to impress everyone, certainly myself. Now, you saw the title of the episode, so I got to talk about it again. Jack Hughes is just unbelievable what he's been capable of doing this year. And uh, this was actually jotted down by Ryan Nowazinski. so shout out to him from NJ.com. He said that Jack Hughes' point pace is trending towards historic levels. After two assists on Tuesday, Hughes now has 31 points, 13 goals and 18 assists in 26 games. If Hughes continues this pace on an 82-game scale, the 21-year-old, again, cannot believe this kid is only 21 years of age, former number one pick, would finish the season with 98 points at least. No Devils player has ever recorded more than 94 in a season. Patrick Elias holds that franchise record with 94 in the 2000-2001 season. So, Jack Hughes and the New Jersey Devils continuing to put up unreal numbers and continue to amaze us more and more every single game. Now, looking ahead to the schedule for the rest of the week, uh, we talked about it in the last episode, but I will mention it again, Devils will look to sweep the week of games this week as they host the New York Islanders on Friday night um, at the rock. The Islanders at the time of this recording are currently 11 points behind the devils in the metropolitan division standings and are tied with the penguins for third place in said division. And Clearly, the Devils and Islanders are in better positions there than where they were at the beginning of the season. And uh, for the Devils, the last time they faced the Islanders, they beat them in just their second win of the year, the second of that 13-game winning streak that we saw earlier this year. But again, a lot has changed between then and now. And so the Devils will have their hands full against this Islanders team who, yes, still at times struggles to score. They just had this crazy game against the, uh, what was it, against the Blues at home where they were down 4 nothing, came back or almost came all the way back, but ended up losing 7-4 to anyway. But it shows that there are times where the Islanders' offense can really get going. And also the fact that Ilya Sorokin is currently the, the leader in the Vesna Trophy rankings. So if we get a chance to face Sorokin, that'll be another big test. We've already beaten Sorokin this year, but uh, another opportunity to beat him again and try to get some more points. And and it's another big game because Metropolitan Division. You want to win as many of these divisional games as possible. And this is your first crack against the Islanders at home. So the Devils look to try to make that one count. Also, it'll be the first time that the Devils will wear their reverse retro jerseys at home. And I will mention it again: the first 9,000 fans who show up at the Rock on Friday will receive a Chico and Nico bobblehead. So I mentioned it before, but I'll say it again: make sure you get there early. Make sure you get there early if you want to get a chance on, to see one of to uh, grab one of those uh, bobbleheads. It's definitely one of those uh, one of those um, I guess you'd say souvenirs you don't want to miss out on. So yeah, solid win for the Devils. Good job for the fact that they've now gotten back-to-back victories after that loss to Nashville, and now they'll look to try to get to what would be their fourth three-game winning streak of the year when they take on the Islanders on Friday. Hockey fans, light the lamp this winter with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. New customers can bet just $5 pre-game money line on any NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. If that wasn't enough excitement, you could turn small bets into bigger payouts with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets like which team will win, the New Jersey Devils, how many goals will be scored, more than five, and more for your shot at an even bigger payout. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use our promo code THPN to bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. Minimum age eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. So now let's talk about a devil's prospect update. It has certainly been a while since uh we've had a prospect update, but it's a really good one. Trust me. The Devils are expected to have six of their prospects compete in the 2023 World Junior Championships in Canada. And with obviously um the North America and Canada as well doing a much better job of handling the COVID-19 situation and everything. It looks like that this tournament will go very smoothly with no issues. You know, that's um, that's obviously a good thing. But again, Devils will have six of their prospects. So that's a good amount to have. So uh, we'll get a chance to see a lot of them on the international stage. We'll start with... The red, white, and blue, the United States. Luke Hughes, not surprisingly, will be a part of the USA team for the World Junior Championship. So far, this season at the University of Michigan, 18 games played, 3 goals, 14 assists for 17 more points, and a plus, minus of plus 8. Forward, Seamus Casey, who the Devils selected um, in the early rounds of this past year's NHL draft. He's also at the University of Michigan. He will be representing the United States. He was invited to the final U S selection camp. And uh, it's possible that Seamus may not make the team. He might just be a year early, maybe the year after, but you never know. It's possible that he could make the team for Seamus at uh, Michigan. He has played in 18 games as well, four goals, 12 assists for 16 points. So both of those guys doing well for the maze and blue. Now, Simone Nemetz, our first round pick this past year, playing he will be playing for Team Slovakia, pending an injury, which doesn't sound to be too serious, and roster-related clearances, um, but he is expected to represent his country, and uh, he will miss about four games or so with the Utica Comets while he go plays in the World Junior Championship. So get a chance to see Simone Nemetz once again on the international stage. But so far this year, four in the Mets in his first year in North America playing for the Utica Comets, 19 games played, two goals, five assists, seven points, and a plus-minus of plus six. Very solid numbers for him. Next guy is goalie Tyler Brennan, another 2022 draft pick. He is going to be representing Canada. He earned an invite to Canada's final evaluation camp. We'll see if he's one of the three goalies that will be representing the red and white of Canada in the World Junior Championships. He is playing for the Prince George Cougars of the Western Hockey League, and Junior Hockey League, and uh, he's had an up-and-down season so far in Prince George. 13 games played, has a 6-6-0 record, a 3.37 goals against average, and a .884 save percentage. So not the world's greatest numbers, but he's definitely a long-term project, so we'll certainly give him time. Uh, Defenseman Topias Villan, will be playing for Team Finland. He currently is playing for the Pelicans of Liga, the top league in Finland. And through 21 games played, six goals, forces, 10 points, and a plus-minus of plus three. So very solid numbers for Vilan. And then finally, we have forward Peter Hauser, who will be representing Czechia. And uh, he's actually played... For two teams this season, he started the year with H.C. Banik Sokolov and is now playing with H.C. Sparta Praha. Uh, For Banik Sokolov, he played in 17 games, two goals, five assists, seven points. And for H.C. Sparta Praha, he has played in just six games and has not registered a point. So it looks like he's still getting acclimated, acclimated to his new team. And as far as the tournament date is concerned, it'll be from the 26th of December, the day after Christmas Day or Boxing Day, uh, if you're in Canada, to January 5th of 2023. So uh, it's coming up very soon, a little less than three weeks away from the, um, from the World Junior Championships. And it's going to be a lot of fun to see a lot of Devils players playing in it. And we'll see how they do when the World Junior Championships start. So that is your prospect update for this episode. And finally, ladies and gentlemen, it is time for your weekly Utica Comets Adirondack Thunder and Metropolitan Riveters updates. We'll start with the AHL affiliate Utica Comets. They got both of their Ws over the weekend, a 4-3 win at home against the Toronto Marlies, and then a dominant 7-3 win on the road at Belleville, against the Belleville Senators. They have now improved their record to 7-7-3 on the year, 18 points. They're only two points right now, a fourth place in the division behind the Syracuse Crunch. And uh, speaking of the Syracuse Crunch, the Utica Comets have two games on the road this upcoming weekend. They will be in Rochester against their hated rivals, the Rochester Americans, on Friday night. And then Saturday night, they go a little bit more up north in New York as they go to Syracuse to take on the aforementioned Syracuse crunch. So we'll see if the could comments can get themselves going a little bit more here. Good couple of wins right there. And uh, let's hope that they can continue to build off of that. Now we go to the Anirondack Thunder who had a, let's call it dreadful um, weekend this past weekend. They dropped all three games. They played against the Mariners. They lost four to one on Friday, four to three on Saturday and then lost 4 to 1 on Sunday. And so with all three of those losses, they have dropped their record to 4-9-3 and 1, 12 points on the season. They are now tied for third worst in the e- in the ECHL. So you're hoping that the Thunder can pick it up at some point, but they have really really struggled since the season began. Uh, the Thunder have three games on the road this weekend, um, or this week, against the Norfolk Admirals. So, by the time you guys listen to this this episode, the first of the three games will have already happened. They play Wednesday night, um, Saturday, and then Sunday. So, hopefully, best case scenario, uh, the Thunder will be seven nine three and one by the end of this weekend. So, a good chance to try to get some big points on the road. And then finally. Finally, we have another Metropolitan Riveters update for you of the Premier Hockey Federation, our professional women's hockey team. The Riveters, unfortunately, dropped both of their games on the road in Minnesota over the Minnesota Whitecaps this past weekend. They lost 4-3 on Saturday after they were down 4-0. They came storming back, but the comeback just fell short. And then they dropped the second game more decisively by the score of four to one. And so, with both of those losses, the Riveters have dropped to two five and zero oh on the season, still at six points, dropping to fifth in the PHF. They have two games this upcoming weekend in Toronto against the Toronto Six. Both of them will be Saturday and Sunday, and they are both at two p.m. Eastern on ESPN Plus. So make sure you go check out some of those games. And so. That, ladies and gentlemen, is your Utica Comets, Adirondack Thunder, and Metropolitan Riveters updates. And so, we'll see what not only those three teams, but certainly the New Jersey Devils, can do later on this week. And uh, as I keep saying, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep saying it, let's keep this baby rolling.